When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. I'm Danny Murphy. You know, partners, wine, crime, time, all the rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. I don't I don't know if I have much to lead with today. Um, no, I feel like is because we're riding the time wave because we're time traveling again. Yes. Back in time because people are really into it and we are as well. If anybody wants, uh, like, let us know if you're in, if you are craving a crime that existed when like Motorola flip phones were out and we will do that. But right now we're going, we're going back in the, we're the TBTs. Yes, we're doing it where they're like, what, what is a phone? I actually, I, I don't think so, but. They, phones that exist here, but uh, yeah. But they only had one kind of razor and it was the kind you shave with. So. <laughs> yes. I mean, this one is really interesting. Danny, how'd you find it? I found this cause I was looking up cause I feel we have, we've done a lot of crimes that had like, precise endings and like some mystery around them. But like our guy last time, the Eiffel Tower guy, we just knew him and he had all of his boas, but like we could track him down. But I was just looking for one. I was like, what is one that is just leaving people so curious and confused? So apologies in advance, spoiler alert. You will just be angry from not getting closure for this one. Yes. But uh, it's a post-Valentine's Day episode. You, you might have already learned that closure isn't a thing. <laughs> um, but this one, because I also saw because they were referring to it as a locked room murder. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm like, Agatha Christie vibes. Yes. What in the knives out is this? Exactly. <laughs> yes. So that entire phrase, it's like a case that's clearly a murder happened, but no one knows how it happened because they're like, how did anybody get in? What are the layers to it and everything like that? So people were saying this is one of the first and main notable actual locked yeah. room murders. Right. Not just like your your thriller book that you're working on in your yeah. spare time. What? Who? Who's this, that? <laughs> <laughs> this story did inspire some thriller books. So that really. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. But it also is funny because I'm like, it was. I feel so many of these cases back in the day are all locked room murders because they're like, how did this happen? <laughs> I, like, well, I know. I feel like we'll definitely get to this, but I was just like. I think we know who did it, but nobody asked the right questions. No one asks the right questions when you're dealing with a bridge player, writer, tutor, all those vibes. Yeah, he, he, a real renaissance yeah, man. Yeah, Joe Elwell. He really, that's who we're going to be talking about. And that man uh, made quite a resume for himself. He did. He did. By the way, if you guys like our episodes, please rate, review, and subscribe. And follow us on Instagram and not another true crime. I'm trying to put that yes. up top sometimes. That is smart. Yeah, put that up top. You know, put, um, you know what you should do? R leave us five stars and just write a year 
from like before the fifties, and we'll like try to research it. Like, so we can. <laughs> we'll be like, you know, when you can buy like the newspaper of the day you <laughs> yes. were born. Like, we'll every day we could do that every day. We could do like a notable crime that happened that day. Oh, that would be interesting. There's something there. I'm yes, we're historians now. Um, also, <laughs> that historian never emailed me back. I sent him the episode, oh. and I was like, "Hope you like it," and he was probably like, "Okay." What hurts the most is being so close. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like, why did you guys call me your boy 65 I times? Know. And I was like, what do you mean? I emailed you once. <laughs> <laughs> like your family. Exactly. Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we love him. Um, and if also if any of you guys are historians, somebody um, DM'd us on Instagram and not another true crime. Their, one of their relatives was, I think a grandparent, was helped solve the first case using fingerprinting or like what? a great grandparent it had to have been great great i don't remember sorry sorry to whoever sent this because i'm botching it now but Wait. yeah it was like the first case using fingerprint technology in like like early 1900s i think we we need more info on that. i know well i could open up the okay, but we'll to that. We'll um to but that. yeah she sent us like her grandma had saved the newspaper clipping so she sent us photos of oh. it so I loved that. I yeah. love that. Okay, shout out. Exactly. So send us your stories. Um, yeah, I also put out a call that was like, <laughs> tell us like your true crime facts. And someone was like, oh, my aunt was like murdered by a very well-known serial killer. And I'm like, okay, tell you got to tell me more. I need, which one? Yeah, you, can, you can't on? just be like, uh, by the way, bye. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get some details. Oops, uh, but yeah, so let us know. DM us. I'm in the DMs most of the time. <laughs> you um, are. And we love, I love talking to you guys. So um <laughs> Yes, come say hi. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about Joe Elwell, this locked room murder. Um, Danny, I feel like you got to start us off uh, now. I do have to start this off because what I, I when I first was like, all right, locked room murder, I'm kind of interested. But you have to read some more details about these people before we're like, does it warrant an episode? You yes. know, you know, we like to give you guys quality. Yes. That's good stuff. And I'm, I'm well, sorry, because I did, I signed up for him before finishing it because I found out that he was born in the, my hometown. Oh my God. Cranford, it's New Jersey. Fate. He's a Jersey boy. It's fate. Okay. I have to start looking up like some notable great neck murders, I you, think. I think Great Neck does get involved. Or, or no, Garden City. Uh, but, so, uh, I know. Very okay, close very to close. me. There's G's. Uh, but yeah, so I did, I need to find out his address. I need to maybe reach out to my, hometown historian, a town I have not been to in 10 years, so I don't oh know. God, I, yes. I don't know if I, like, return. It's like, I need to, like, find the historian. You should find the house, actually. I don't yeah. think, it, I think it was in Manhattan, but still. Yeah, find, find where he there. grew up. Might be a little tricky, because he was born in 1873. <laughs> um, you never know. You never know. You, there's someone there, yeah. Uh, and he was considered a social climber, which is, like, kind of, I feel sometimes that gets a negative connotation, but that's, I, I feel that's almost just what is networking if not that? That is straight up networking. Ye old networker. It's Miley Cyrus the climb. You think she was wearing <laughs> that blonde wig just for fun? It was social climbing. <laughs> now she got flowers. Uh, that she bought herself. Um, <clears throat> but he, the public uh, re- kind of refers to him as J.B. Elwell. And he was born to a respectable lower middle class family. Okay. I did read that they specified it as lower middle class. <laughs> and I was like, that is just so funny to me because you know, the people who call themselves upper middle class. Yeah. I'm like, you're rich. Uh, like just own it. Well, you know, no, you know, when someone's rich and they say, well, I grew up comfortable. Yes. Yes. We're comfortable. I'm like, how comfortable? I'm like, yeah, your, your opera ski couch was comfortable. You're just rich. Say exactly, that. Exactly. Just own it. And it's also one of those where I'm like, if you just tell me you're rich, I won't have to stop having like the wheels turning because I'm like, how are they doing their lifestyle 
And then what's happening here? So just connect the dots for us. Exactly. Because it is always those people too that's kind of like, I didn't get the prize. <laughs> that's how they stay rich. So you know what? I should, I should. Oh yeah, I, I know. They're, they're Venmo requesting you for like sixty-seven cents. I've been Venmo two dollars and twenty cents once. Are you serious? I can't even drop that. I can't even drop that person. <laughs> um, so he wanted to do, you know, that classic American dream hustle, break out of that suburban comfort and. Go into the big city, do some big business, which aren't we all, you know? I mean, that's literally what we're doing right now. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's where I was kind of like, I'm like, okay, it's like, man, like, this is, it's like you're my mirror. He's yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> but um, he became both a hardware and insurance salesman in his teen years. So I like his teens. That's how you know this shit is like the ni- the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. You want to tell We insurance? got teens selling insurance. Like, what the fuck? And I will say, buy me one. Gen Z kid who knows what insurance is. I barely know what insurance is. Exactly. But anyway, we can't do that. No, not now. What do you know about insurance? What has happened to you that you need to be insured for as a teenager? Nothing. Nothing. Well, back then, everything, <laughs> potentially. But I love, too, that it's like hardware and insurance he's selling. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess you need life insurance if you're dealing with a lot of hardware. I don't know. But he's hustling. He's hustling. You cannot say this man was not trying his darndest. <laughs> Uh, while working for the quote unquote man doing all these insurance sales and everything like that, he found out a secret skill of his that is really going to help elevate his life. And it's not the crime. There's some shady stuff that probably goes down with it because he, he became really good at playing cards. I mean, hey. hey, it's a skill. Yeah. It's like when you're at summer camp, like playing spit and you're like, wow, I'm really good at this. This is not a transferable skill. <laughs> <laughs> you're just in Atlantic City. You're like, hey, where's the spit table? Exactly. There's probably a spit table in Atlantic City. I don't know. You don't want to go there, though. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so much. Well, and I love this. Like he kind of uh, he's, he's kind of evolved into this passion. It's sort of like he like Kelly Clarkson himself becoming like an American Idol of cards. <laughs> uh, when he turned 18, he was like, oh, I'm the cards guy. And... He became known as the Wizard of Whist. I love that. Which is the card game. So that is iconic. That's I a put that reason. on like a jacket. Oh, that's my Harry Potter. Yeah. I never read that franchise. Oh my Who god. Who has the last laugh now? And because I'm true. just busy with the Wizard of Whist. I love that. The Wizard of Whist. Wizard of Whist. He he would take home, and mind you, this was like late 1800s, early 1900s. He would take home a thousand dollars a night. What is whist, and can I learn to play it? It, um, I don't know if it helps you. It's uh, what inspired the game Bridge, mm. Means <laughs> which to me. we'll get into. I'll clean up at the retirement home. Great. Yeah, Let's yeah. Go. Put it on the whist. Yeah, I. It's like a, it's a trick taking card game. So, oh, let's see. Yeah, so they just. What if we just like we break the podcast to explain the rules? The most, <laughs> bo- you know how like great it is when someone tries to explain the rules of a game to you and you're like not paying oh, attention. That's how I think that was maybe the first time I've disassociated my life probably as a kid when someone's like so with heads up I'm like what's going on? Uh, I tried to read the it's like the cards are in a root in a in a sweet rank. I have no clue. If you if you know uh, how to you play it clockwise for thirty minutes and you have a medium chance. I just read I literally okay, just whatever. read what Google told me. So who knows. Eh. Put on the list. But yeah, he would take over $1,000 a night. And he did this by playing the rich people in New York City who were not as good as him. I mean, obviously. So. That's what you have to do. So far, so good. Good for this man. Yeah. That's that's the thing so far. But all of this, you know how money can't buy you class, we learned from Louis. (laughs) (sighs) Something still evaded him. He was this card player. Everybody loved They were like, oh, he's so good. What is this? But it didn't get him status. 
because they were just like, oh, who's this boy in, from Jersey coming in, playing a little cards yes. and leaving? He wanted that stuff. Well, this is really feeling like some F. Scott Fitzgerald yes. shit because it's very like, oh, he's new money. Mm. And I did read that he, this guy may have inspired Jay Gatsby. But oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's just so classic to be like, oh, well, no, you know, we don't respect the new uh, money here. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of like, if the check clears, I never understand that. But yeah, money like, is money. I don't get that either. I'm like, no. money is money. I'm also from the town that inspired the new money side of Great Gatsby. Oh. I'm not rich, you guys. But, but that is, um, okay, that's good. Yeah, so I, I'm biased, I guess. <laughs> I'm from the town where the Wizard of Wist is from. So exactly. kind of similar. Oh my God, I know. Our, our worlds are converging. <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing just fine. Um, so he wanted those connections. And how, this is just, I guess, you know, it's a tip. Some, some people do it. Some people say they're against it. I say, love is love. If you want to marry for status, Married for status. <laughs> so that is what he did. Um, and he married Helen Derby. So if you're like, who are the Derbies? Just wait. I don't think she made the Kentucky Derby. I was like, of the Kentucky fame? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was cousins with the man who was, this is also now how you know, like this is how rich people talk. Like, this well, my is cousin's seriously man. Yeah. Six, like this is six degrees of, of separation. So her cousin bacon in this. was married to Ethel Roosevelt, Teddy's youngest daughter. Teddy Roosevelt. That is like, I mean, okay. I'm like, you you maybe will get invited to some of the same parties, but that's is that real? That's not really a status move because he doesn't even have the status. Like he married into the status, and you're marrying into someone who married into the status. Like I feel what I feel. It's the start because then it's kind of like well, because like Ethel's like, oh, I'm having a party. Yes. Everyone's going to Ethel's party. Yes, you will get invited to better parties. Yes. I I mean, I don't I don't know. Mr. Hager, but I guess it's kind of like how Jenna Bush Hager is married to someone. I, he's probably invited to things. But she's also a Bush. So, uh, well then, his sister's yeah. probably invited to things. Yes, you're right, you're right. You think him, Mr. Hager, is not like, <laughs> hey, can I have a plus one for my a sister? Plus <laughs> a plus one for my sister who just wants to come and vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Jenna's like, girl, I'm high with Hoda. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Just kidding, I don't know if they really smoke. But I feel they, are, they vibe together. I feel they're drinking wine. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so apparently they bonded a lot over the game of bridge, which was new at the time. So it's kind of like whist inspired bridge. I don't know any of these. That's things. like interesting. You know, they don't make new card games anymore. It's kind of sad. It's just like cards against humanity, like offshoots, but they're not making like a new thing that you play with the 52 cards. Right. It makes, it's kind of like beautiful. It's like, oh, let's just try something different. Yeah. It's just like, and I like it was like a, the game of bridge is like the game of love, that Santana song. So it really made me happy that they are starting to make new things. Wait, what? The game of love? The song? What does it have to do with the card game? Because it's the game of bridge, the game of love. <laughs> That's it. Ethel would have got that. <laughs> okay, so here's like a, a quick uh, thing about bridge. I promise we're not going to explain the rules. Um, but yes, it came from West, and then it became popular in like high society. So high society. we got like a bougie, bougie game, which bougie we love. bridge. And because of that, uh, Helen kind of like really helped our boy uh, just like make all these connections mm -hmm. and. And just start to play at really higher levels. She kind of was like, you're going to be my new project. Yes. I'm imagining. I'm like, is there, you know, like a World Series of Bridge in Ooh. Vegas? Like the World Series of Poker? That would be sick. I hope so. Right? That would be sick. Um, So by 30, JB had written 13 books on the subject, which 
I'm like, why are you giving away your secrets? Uh, well, I wonder if they're like secrets or it's kind of like like a book where it's like, just believe in yourself and you'll do well. Yeah, we're just rebranding <laughs> the secret. Yeah. I love that. If you wake up and say you'll be a great bridge player, you will be. Yes, manifest. Um, here's what's actually pretty interesting, though, is because a lot of people actually think that Helen wrote the books. Um, I could see it. I could definitely see it. That movie, The Wife, I don't think it was based on a true story, but was good. But people have wives, so you know. <laughs> people have wives, and wives write books. So I, I, exactly. I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on Helen's side. I'm on Helen's side. She probably, like, I feel like it was probably nobody would take her seriously if she it's were also, trying to write a book. It is She's kind of giving woman. me the last five years a little bit the musical, where it's like the guy just suddenly becomes like very successful, and the girl's like, "What the fuck?" Oh, I didn't see it. It's good. Don't watch the movie, but it's good. Ooh, noted. Okay. Um, Sorry, Anna Kendrick, <laughs> who we one time were like, "Why is she not on her podcast promoting her new horror film?" Probably because. She knows how I feel about her rendition of the last five years. Yeah, never say never. It's true. Um, so now he got so good at bridge that he earned a new nickname, the Bridge <laughs> King of Manhattan. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Not as good as the Wizard of Wisp. I would. I was gonna say it's a downgrade. I'm. I'm trying to think of like what's a good alliteration. The Bridge Ooh. Boss. Come Ooh, on, Bridge it was Boy. Right yeah, there. Bridge oh Bridge Boy. Boss. Yes. <laughs> like it was right there for you. All. Oh, and it's like, and then also he's probably like. A, like George Washington Bridge, like what? I know the bridge, bridge King just sounds like he's like on the Brooklyn Bridge all the yeah, time. Yeah, and he's from Jersey. Call him a tunnel, something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Bridge King of Manhattan, not as great. Not as great. Um, and he had a partner in Bridge, Harold Vanderbilt. Ooh, of the Vanderbilts, we'll never That's, know. I don't. Know. Um, probably not. And they became recognized as like this bet, like this bridge duo of the tens and twenties. Which I'm like, oh my god, are they gonna? I do love that. Are they going to call 2010 the tens? Like, is this going to be just the twenties <laughs> later? If humanity lasts that long, that's deeply depressing. Okay, sorry guys. Um, so, like all celebrities, JB used his new status to diversify his income. Which, okay, yeah, smart. I'm like, he's a he's a financial influencer. He's diversifying. You got your portfolio. Got to be stocked. And I will add, I think. That Vanderbilt is a member of the Vanderbilt family. Oh, good for he him. He also was a champion yachtsman. That's how you know he's part of the Vanderbilt family. Oh, that's how you know. Okay, great. <laughs> wow, he's really elevating himself. Um, and so he invested in the stock market, but then also horse racing, which I'm like, I don't think you invest in that. I think you just gamble. Yeah, I think that's gambling <laughs> and owning horses. Yes, agree. I think that's just losing money. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he did own 20 horses, five cars, and a yacht, which like, woo. Wow. That's definitely like the 12 days of Christmas that, that true love gave to me. And that's also when you go from lower middle class, as they noted, to having a yacht and horses. Yeah. Are the horses on the yacht is the queen? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. If you could fit one. one that horse, would be cute. One horse per yacht. <laughs> um, Actually, no, I feel like a horse would hate that. Never mind. Yeah, no, he'd hate that. Uh, I, like I would hate that. That's like just, I, why am I surrounded by water? Yeah. Yeah. And so JB worked hard, played harder, um, and... I don't even know how to say this. Had so many fucking affairs. Like, um, <laughs> I read at one point, it was like up to a thousand. thousand. A thousand concours. Like, what? Which I'm not slut shaming, but I am <laughs> just like, I'm, what? <laughs> you know what? I'm time management commending. Because how? <laughs> Sir. So true. Getting around town. And I mean, maybe that's why he has 20 horses. He just has to ride his horses all different places. Seriously. I don't even know a thousand people. Like, no. I literally don't think Lady so. Lady Gaga's like, there's a thousand people in the room and y'all fuck the Bridge King of Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn. So true. Um, so these affairs kind of kicked off after the birth of his son Richard in 1905, which again, you fucking hate to see. I, I read a statistic that like most 
men cheat while their wives are pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is why Destiny's Child said, ladies, leave your mans at home. Exactly. And also to add, his weird, well, this one isn't weird because it's just, I feel like every rich person we see, he liked either younger women, like in their 20s, or married women. So he liked, I think there, so I feel like there's something that he wanted, why are you going after someone who's also married? Maybe because they have as much to lose, so it's like mutually assured oh, destruction. So it's like, that's, it's bridge. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Mm. And... Some sources say that he was shot by one of his lovers while his wife was pregnant. See, I told you. So he's been, there's been some chaos before. He's, he's kind of a dog. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so since he was this bridge boss, uh, you know, his antics were the talk of the town. Um, but, like, also people knew about his affairs. Like, it wasn't, I mean, you can't fuck a thousand people and keep it quiet. No. Like, you just can't. No. You just, what are you doing? No. Um, and yeah, of course, this brought like shame to the family. Helen, though, seemingly didn't really care. She was just like, all right, do whatever you want as long as you pay for the house. And I'm like, okay, respect. Shout. I, I commend that. And it was like, she got her own house, Park Avenue. She's like, yes. you know, I'm going to live away from you. Do whatever. They were separated. Me. He was paying for all her stuff. I feel like that's so many Real Housewives marriages. Oh. And also, can I say, I'm like, you're you're going to pay for me for my Park Avenue home and you do whatever the fuck you want? Okay. Yeah, I'm like, cool. I'm doing whatever I want. This yeah. is a win-win for everybody, uh, I wait, think. I can't wait for the Helen spinoff. Yes, I know. Who's Helen getting done with? I know. She had her priorities straight. So all this is to say, the guy had some enemies, that's for sure. Um, Haters were his motivators. <laughs> and he had plenty of them. We're talking fathers, husbands, ex-lovers, like all these people wanted revenge. Although it's worth noting that like none of the rich people or the bridge people... Went no. after him. I think he was pretty honest in that respect. That's actually true. And I think it's like when you go into a gambling game, you expect, or you don't expect, you know it is on the table, literally, that you will lose a lot of money. Yeah. So I think they're kind of like, ah! That's it again, yeah. Yeah, but going after, mm, Yeah. So I mean, honest bridge player, not an honest husband. Yeah. You know, get you a man who can do both. <laughs> Um, his friend L.H. Green said he was a man who exercised a remarkable influence over women and also said he was cold-blooded to an extreme, which instead of repelling his friends of the opposite sex, seemed to attract them all the more. I mean, we do know women love about like <sighs> it's, 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 you know, it happens. Tale as old as time. Yes, it really is. Um, and, you know, people obviously didn't, like, love him, but... Nobody really thought he had legit death threats against was him. A, a player in every sense of the word. Uh, t- truly. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Um, there, I mean, there weren't any reports of assault or threat against him and, like, no reports that he threatened his life. I mean, he seemed kind of just, I don't know, just bridging and, and banging. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that was his Airbnb. Yeah, yeah seriously. And, and, like, they were separated, but... You know, it, it was could. it was seemingly fine, and he didn't really give a fuck when anybody thought. So. Yeah, and also there wasn't TV back then. I feel all you could do was have affairs, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there's nothing to do. Nothing to do except drink there's, gin and have an affair. There's no Wheel of Fortune on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Play bridge. That's how you get so good at bridge. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else to do. All of that, though, seemingly changed one day. June 10th, 1920. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so, not yet, though. But so he was... Chilling at the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> nice. It's not a live life, right? I mean, yeah. literally, up until this point, if you're tipping your hat to him, 
I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, he was with his new girl, Viola Kraus. Love that for her. She was recently divorced. So mm-hmm. this actually, by all extents and purposes, two, he's separated, she's divorced. That's fair. That's fine, yeah. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. This is where it gets interesting. They were guests of Mr. and Mrs. Walter Lewisham, who is Viola's ex-brother and sister-in-law. Okay. So I guess they're just friendly. They claimed her in the divorce. I guess so. Uh, they all ate and drank at the Ritz-Carlton. And mind you, this was 1920, so I'm sure they ate like an olive and drank a liter of gin. <laughs> it's just what I assume any pregame in the 1920s was. Um, and like a cigarette. Yes, they're for digestion. Yes. <laughs> um, and they went to see Zigfield's Midnight Frolic. Okay. Chic. All right, Zigfield. Again, like, they're like, I'm like, God, they don't make it. Like, yeah, I love it. They went to the new Amsterdam Theater and just had a nice chill time at the theater. <laughs> uh, and Joe left there to go home uh, to his apartment on West 70th Street around 1 30 so a.m. I know. Oh my really God. Chic. And also, 1 30 a.m. What were you? How late did plays go back then? <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know. You know, you got to do the post game, the old post game. I don't know. Well, my rule always is five minutes, five blocks. We have to walk five minutes and at least go five blocks before you give your actual review of a show you went to see. Oh, I like that. Because I like that because I'm not trying to say lackluster in front of a grandma. That's hilarious. <laughs> I don't want that shame on you. You mean in front of like maybe the actor's grandma? Oh, exactly. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm like, I, I feel like my grandma's up in heaven. Like, yeah, that play fucking sucked. But the actor's grandma, I would not want to. Yell at me. Mainly. That's so funny. Hurting their feelings is one part, but I don't want to get yelled at by extended family. The extended family universe. (laughs) Yes. I also like would definitely see a play about this. I'm like, first of all, this is so much more interesting than Funny Girl, (laughs) which I feel was set. When I heard Zigfields, I was like, oh "Oh my God, where have I heard that name? And then I got a flashback to that boring ass show. But it's not the best. That's the LOL. It's not the best musical, just like a few good songs in it. Yeah. And the movie's amazing because Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Um, but go see. I think it's the, the you know, don't, it's so sad. I'm like, don't go see it. It's boring, you guys. I'm sorry, but trust me. It's not good. But they put the Leah version on Spotify, not Beanie. 
Ouch. I'm like, what have they not done? A ri- they did like original remix Broadway cast. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, um, hi, Beanie. I, I, I think she's cool. Um, I, I went I went specifically to see her. So oh, that's true. I might have been the only one, but honestly, she's my girl. <laughs> she is. She's book smart. Yeah. She should just play bridge, girl. <laughs> Fuck singing. <laughs> just play bridge. Uh, uh, but yeah, he left around 1.30 a.m., so I guess they had a lot of thoughts. They think maybe he was like you with Money Girl. He had a lot of thoughts about <laughs> uh, Midnight Frolic. Uh, and the phone, because like there was like all like operators and everything like that. So you could like track. That was the original uh, cell phone yes. service. Yeah, the ping. Yeah, the ping. Yes. Uh, said that he arrived home around two o four, between two o four to two thirty a.m. Because a call from Krauss was connected. Viola, his girl. He was apparently. He had a lot to say that night. Yeah. He was hopped up. He was phoning around town. On yeah. energy or something. We'll give energy. So he's calling people early hour of the day. He called his horse stables at 4.30 a.m. Obviously no one answered because why are you calling horse the stables The horses at are sleeping. Yeah, like, sir. <laughs> Nay. Is that just like yeah. Nay. <laughs> uh, but it was weird he kept on calling that. And because of this, people are now suspecting in hindsight there might have been some urgency or concern with mm-hmm. the cause. Like what is happening that's so dire he then called a number in Garden City. He then called a number in New Jersey. And his last known call was around 6.09 a.m. Damn. This man was up all night up all to night. get lucky or something. Yeah, Daft Punk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Milkman came at 6.30 a.m. I love, like, Milkman energy. Is also. I'm like, I'm like, what's going on here? Um, and he saw that the vestibule doors to his uh, home were wide open. But everything seemed to be in order because he saw... Elwell, bringing in the mail and newspaper from his doorstep. Hmm. So it was just like, oh, that man's just going to get his mail and doorstep. As you do, you you know. Then drink five gallons of milk because it is the 20s and everyone's (laughs) like, that's how you you get your bones. (laughs) The thing is, though, that mailman is the last person who saw the Bridge King of Manhattan alive. Dun, dun, dun. Because about at 9 a.m., so this is now two and a half hours later, uh, Marie Larson, his housekeeper, unlocked the door and was ready to get to work. That Vanessa Williams song, I got a job to do, I got work to do. <laughs> she noted that the vestibule doors were closed as usual. So she brought in the milk. Uh, you know, kind of just going about her day. She said nothing seemed to be amiss so much so that when she walked in, she just started dusting, tidying stuff up. She was like, this is a normal day of work. This is a Law & Order SVU episode intro. Right? Like the cleaning yeah. woman comes in, vacuuming, la, 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 la. And then is like, oh, shit. Like, what's this under the rug? Oh. Ew. Not even hidden under the rug. No. Because she walked into the living room and noticed our bridge king sitting in a chair, but he didn't say hi. Ominous. Which, when she approached closer, she found out why. And so much, this is kind of where it gets also crazy. The man in the chair barely looked like JB because he was wearing pajamas with a newspaper on his lap and not because he was always just formal. But he also wasn't wearing his wig or his dentures. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, when you... Your 6 a.m. look, you're, you're not done up yet. So that was kind of it. It was um, Jessica Simpson chilling, like, T-shirt on with the makeup yes. on. Yes. Oh, my God. He was, he was with you. But so she was kind of like, who the hell is this? And she's like, oh, oh that's my boss. Oh, wait, what's happening? There's a bullet in his forehead. Okay. The weapon was a, a 45 automatic. The crazy thing is he somehow at this moment was still alive in a literal sense, I guess we can call that. So she ran to raise the alarm. I, 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 I do have to, I do love that it wasn't like phoning the police. Like they were like all like, 
Oh, she raised she raised the alarm. Um, so it's like kind of like giving Beyonce ring the alarm. I just have to say that. So he was rushed to Bellevue Hospital and ultimately died a few hours later. And this killing was obviously an immediate sensation. I mean, the press just ran ran to this guy's home, and it was the main story of that summer. And like it, it made it across the country. I mean, people were really. I, I mean, hey. You know, we're proof of this. This is very interesting. Right. Um, and it was so wild that the bridge tables in New York emptied and high society was worrying that, like, too much interest in their private lives was going to harm their mm-hmm. reputations. Um, despite this, though, the lounges were packed. So everybody kind of had a theory of, like, some gossip as who oh, may have God. committed. The- I mean, come on. As Let's talk to the town. Everybody's got to talk. Um they had no podcast back then. You just had to talk That's to people true. you knew. And also because everyone's just kind of like, was it you? Was it you? Because if he was, respect. Yeah, you're like, um, you can tell me. Was it you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so the NYPD started working after some pressure. They noted there were- I also love that. They started working after some pressure. Like, like, They're eh. like, oh, fine. I'll do my job. Forget about it. <laughs> like, no, sir. Wait. <laughs> So they found no sign of struggle in the living room. Blood spotter analysis suggested the shot came from in front of him, either from the hip of somebody who was like crouched rather than somebody standing. And then inside the room, police found a single bullet on the table in front of JB with the cartridge on the floor. And there was no gun present, but it was believed to have been a Colt 45 pistol, uh, the kind that was issued to the army. And a letter from Elwell's stable was found on the ground covered in blood. Also a smoked cigar found nearby and a second cigar, which Hmm. from the same brand, which kind of suggested that maybe he smoked the cigar with somebody, the person who killed him uh, before he was shot. And also that kind of goes along with how the door didn't have evidence of tampering. Like, you know, maybe he let the person in. Like they were friendly. Like, oh, let's have some cigars. Yes, and so then, dusting for fingerprints, police discovered that the only prints anywhere in the house were either from Marie Larson and Joseph Elwell himself. So either the killer was really meticulous, Marie was involved, we don't really know. Police never really considered her. She was paid pretty well, and she also, like, you know, you're not going to go call the police or whatever oh. if you find him shot if you killed him. Um, and nothing was taken or touched, so it wasn't a robbery, which was weird, which made people think that the motive was definitely personal. And yeah, yeah. Oh. I think it was definitely personal. I feel in no way, shape, or form could this just be a random, random moment. No. And police then discovered a, a large collection of women's underwear that Elwell had seemingly taken as trophies from his uh, vast sexual endeavors which yeah an interesting an interesting moment yeah uh-huh more I, I feel like they should have done like a complete like deeper dive into all the things that were in his apartment i mean he's got a thousand pairs of underwear like this man is a victoria's secret <laughs> a victorian secret a, a real one. uh they also found a list of 50 women he'd had affairs with each one was like cataloged with her name and number and personal notes like, I'm like, is this college? He has a ranking? He yes. made Facebook before Facebook. He really did. And a lot of these women were thought to maybe have had keys to the house. Mm. <laughs> my God. How? I didn't know it was so easy. I struggled to make a, an extra key for myself, let alone he's just printing these ma- ad mass. Oh, yeah. Just go to a locksmith. <laughs> You're that's like, a, yeah, just do a bulk order. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> and make it snappy. They probably did. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, no regard for his own safety. Um, even though officially only Elwell and Larson had access, it was just believed that like all these other women might have had keys at some point. And they kind of worked through the list, and the associates, police began to talk to all the girlfriends and, and anyone associated with them. Trying like, to get some answers. Yes, anger husbands, relatives. Uh, they spoke to Helen. And all in all, they were said to have over a thousand suspects, which makes sense because he slept with over a thousand people. So that's a lot of angry people potentially. <sighs> that's a that's like a, a neighborhood, or more than a neighborhood. It's a, <laughs> yeah. a borough. <laughs> and after uh, accepting the separation from Helen uh, since 1916, Elwell's request to formally divorce her, he was kind of just like, you know, they're separated, but. Since 1920, he was like really trying to actually get a divorce because he wanted to settle down with Viola. He, he wanted he he sowed his wild oats. He did, and he was like, okay. Um, and Helen got a letter from Elwell on May 27th, again requesting the divorce, and she agreed, but was like, <laughs> I actually love this. No, it's the most relatable thing I've ever seen. This is so New York. <laughs> was like, yes, we can get a divorce, but can we wait until my lease is up in October? <laughs> Which, yes, I get that. You have to plan your breakups wisely. It's hard. She's like, I'm going to have to do first, last, and security exactly. in November. We And like, I have to find a place, get, move things. Like, come on. It's it's stressful. It's hard out there to move. Exactly. Um, and so Joseph gave her a $200 a month allowance and then $800 a year for their son's education and like child support. Whatever, which that two hundred dollars a month is over twenty five hundred in today's money. So hey, but Helen was like, no, that's not enough. <laughs> She's like, hi, I live on Park Avenue. Yes, <laughs> which She's is like, I'm I am um, accustomed to a certain lifestyle. Yeah. She's like, I want to go to St Ambrose and all bon Pont. Yeah, that's her energy. That's her mo. Yes, and she also apparently struggled to live without staff. Which <laughs> lol. Like I love how Helen, like her heart is on her sleeve. She's like, guys. I don't care if my husband has a thousand underwear. Just pay my bills. I just want. I just want my. I apartment. know. She's like, you want me to do the laundry? <laughs> no. Wait. His, oh my god. His poor housekeeper having to do all that laundry. <laughs> yes, and and despite the possible motive for Helen that like if she killed JB, the son would inherit the fortune. Helen said that she hadn't seen her husband since they got separated, and was quickly eliminated from the inquiries. What? Oh, exactly. Like, they were just like, oh, that, 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 that sounds good to me. Literally. I'm just, they, I feel like they do this a lot where they're just like, they, you know, you get a suspect and they're like, oh, no, I didn't do it. And they're like, okay. <sighs> like, they just, you can't take people at their word in a murder investigation. Uh, like, what? Oh, got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Okay, that sounds good. I feel like so much of it, they were just like, um. Uh, well, we'll get into how they how they treated any women sus female suspects of this. We yeah, sure will. So, because also who was written off was Viola Krauss's ex, Victor von Schlegel. Love that. Despite him being placed at the Ritz Carlton at the table adjacent to Elwell and Krauss the previous evening, and on top of that, him and his new fiance Emily Anderson were also at midnight frolic at the same time. So they were like together all night. I mean, not together, but like mm. on the same path all night. He was watching him with interesting, his which ex. is ex-wife. Okay. So, a lot of people. So it's also a thing. So we don't know if he was angry, Victor, about his ex Viola with Elwell, or a lot of people kind of were like, "Oh, I think he just wanted to show off his new girl." Uh yeah, who wouldn't? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's with Emily Anderson. That sounds like 
I, I love her vibe. Yes. It's not a Viola, but I feel it's, it's kind it's of a good name. Yeah. You know what's so funny? I feel like back then Emily was like a unique name. Right. Like, oh, you're Emily. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so true. Uh, while no trouble was noted at the Ritz, witnesses did describe some altercation at the New Amsterdam Theater. Oop. They broke my rule. Because that also applies for people in the audience. Yes. You can't, yeah. It's not, not very no, 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 truth no. of you. It seems that this, the disturbance was the subject of Viola Krause's call to our boy at 2.30 a.m. Even though she was like, it's just, it's just, it's just a drunk dial, yeah. you know? She's like, Schlegel's just being Schlegel. Like, let's just forget about him. <laughs> like, uh, it's trivial. It doesn't matter. You're my man. Discounting the allegations of an argument, Elwell said to have been in high spirit. So they were just kind of like, you know what? Forget about it. They're like, no, there wasn't a fight. He was yeah. actually in a good mood. Yeah. Well, which is it? What is it? I'm just going to call my horses. <laughs> I, I'm confused. Um, also, was kind of, and this is women supporting women. Marie Larson, the uh, housekeeper, was ruled out. And on top of that, maybe covered up some evidence for Viola to protect her reputation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Taylor Swift. <laughs> Because while the, all the doctors were treating him in the living room, she hid in a pink slip robe, a boudoir cap, and slippers that she left one night uh, at the apartment. But also, like, why? Because didn't everybody know that they were kind of, like, out and about thing? like this? That's true. I wonder if Marie was just like, shit. I need like, I need... got you, girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, babe, don't even ask questions. <laughs> I love that. You need a friend like that. Yeah. His last flame was known only as Miss Wilson in the press. So I don't know if, like, maybe people didn't totally know they were actively. Uh, okay. So she just wanted her name out of the papers, yeah. which I get. Which is shocking because it's the opposite of Chicago. Which is yeah. like, uh, uh, and managed to prove that she wasn't home at the time of the killing. Uh, and what really is the best, um, ladies, shout out to sexism and misogyny because that really is the best cover up for these crimes back Seriously? in the day. Because none of the women found on his list of a thousand people with notes on them uh, were suspects because the man the manner of the killing led police to be like, oh, this was a man. That's <laughs> it. They were like, and not only because the, one of the main reasons was like the gun was so like hefty. A woman couldn't pick that up. There's no way I'm Googling this. Yeah. Well, you know what's so you know what it is interesting thing. I was all like, that's all BS. That's insane. I'm like, yeah, this is like the pistol that you see like in every like old timey movie. Western. Like yeah. how much. So it, we're not talking about like a musket. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you think women can't lift up their arm? Right. Jeez. So that part I was like, oh, I do not buy that. But this, that's what they're going with. The part I do kind of uh, believe is true because they were like, well, he wouldn't be seen without his wig and false teeth in front of one of the women he's trying to woo. Unless he's like, I already wooed you, you know? That's like, he's like, you know, this is real. When you stop shaving, this when you're in me. a relationship, like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It could go either way. <laughs> it's just, we're just like singing, this is me from The Greatest Showman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, who knows? So it was a close, so th what they're going to now, it was a close non-sexual person. Just friends. I don't know if he friends on any of these women. Uh, and they were like, oh, it has to be a close person because he opened the mail in front of them. Oh, yes, that real intimate act of opening the mail. <laughs> Honey. Oh. What does that even mean? That's what I don't know, because also they were like, he didn't, and we get into it, like, it's not like he was, like, in major financial distress for mail to be crazy, but they were like, he opened the mail. He this is absurd. Mail? I don't know. Okay, so basically, who the fuck is it? So now the cops are looking at, like, 
horse racing, bridge, the stock market. I mean, this is a fair motive to go down of like, did he owe anybody money? You know, he didn't though. He really didn't. He was he was good at bridge, bad at love. Like mm, Halsey. They didn't. Yes, right. Also from Jersey. Yes. See, they, and they didn't really. Find, I wonder how she is at bridge though. Uh, <laughs> I feel like could be randomly good. I did see her in Atlantic City. So singing or singing. Yes, oh. she could have been at those tables though. <laughs> Maybe. Um. So I mean, yeah, the case kind of went stale, and then in April of 1921, a little under a year since his death, a man came forward and said he shot him. Uh, police extensively questioned the guy and basically just found that he was mentally ill. He'd never even met Elwell. Yeah. Um, and actually, this suspect was hoping to get the death penalty so that he wouldn't be a burden to his family, which oh, is so sad. God, yeah. Um, and and that was it. I mean, that, that was, was the main. That, that yeah. was the closest they got, which is absolutely absurd. Nobody was ever charged with the crime. It remains unsolved to this day. Amateur sleuths have proposed a lot of theories that range from like a moment of insane rage from Walter Lewison to a suicide covered up by Marie Larson. None satisfy all the facts. Um, I mean, I definitely think it was just one of his jilted lovers. Lovers. I feel like he, they, one of them was like, uh, you didn't take me to Midnight Frolic because that was the in-demand tickets. You're taking this fight. That's what I think. I'm like... When you have potentially up maybe to- it was Ellen. I mean, she said they hadn't spoken, but did you corroborate this at all? Mm-hmm. And life insurance. Yeah, I feel like I know that's where I'm feeling too. And also, but she's not the only thing is she wouldn't get the life insurance. The, like son, the son would get it. But the son was like a kid. But is that worth killing over? Like he's worth a lot alive. She he's said it was that bridge. She said it, no because she wanted more from the allowance. He wasn't, and I think she was probably worried. Maybe. Is that allowance going to dwindle after the divorce? I don't know how divorces worked back then. That's a good point. Uh, maybe. And I don't she know. really wanted staff again. <laughs> uh, yeah, she really needed to cook. Yeah, um, I don't know. I know. It is really crazy. I think it was either, it was one of the 1,000 women. But that then how owned. do they get out is the other question. Well, she probably had a key. Oh, yeah, you're right. And that's the thing. All these women had keys, so could have just locked the door after. Yes. Okay. I think that. I think that as well. I think that's what happened. I think we solved it. Um, well, well, I just I literally love that if nobody saw you like actively doing the murder back then they were like oh <laughs> they couldn't have done it damn right if only we knew right ah foiled again what happened to his horses oh what uh, that's a good question well while we will never know what happened to our our bridge king we will know who is going to be the winner Ooh. of this week's trivia in only a matter of time Right, so this is a lovely crime, a lovely lovely. <laughs> I, just, I love this time period. It's so fascinating to me that people were just running around, just living in a life of lawlessness, doing whatever they wanted. Honestly, <laughs> we need to bring some of this simpler energy times. Back. Simpler times, yes. Simpler times with the Wizard of Wis. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I had a book with. A ton of lateral thinking puzzles, which reminded me of this crime Ooh. with like the perfect murder, locked room, yes. crime. I was thinking like I have a friend who's very like who was very into Sherlock Holmes, and I was like, I should just send you the Smithsonian article and be like, solve this shit. Oh, yes. <laughs> like what <laughs> Sherlock Holmes as is shit is this? Like anyway. So today I thought I would give you a series of lateral thinking puzzles. Oh. To see who has the better inquisitive mind and can channel Sherlock Holmes to solve these riddles. 
Okay. This is going to be tricky. This will be fun. These are fun. Okay. These are fun. All right, Sarah, you are up first today. Great. Here is your riddle. Listen very carefully. There's clues all around okay. these, cl- these uh, little riddles, so listen carefully. A man is lying dead in a field. Next to him, there is an unopened package. There is no other creature in this field. How did he die? A man is lying dead in a field. Next to him is an unopened package. Ooh. Wow, this is hard. Hmm. Now I get why crimes weren't solved in the 20s. I'm like, right? (laughs) I'm like, well, it is impossible. Okay. So can you read it again? A man is lying dead in a field. Next to him, there is an unopened package. There is no other creature in the field. How did he die? Oh, another person. Maybe. There's no creature? Like, not an animal, but a person? No. No. There was no other creature was involved in this. Ugh. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. Heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Incorrect. The correct answer was he was a skydiver whose parachute didn't open. Oh! oh, an open package. Wow, that's so smart. I was gonna say the box fell on his head, so that's kind of like. <laughs> oh, okay. Kind of there. <laughs> Almost there. Well. That was close, but uh, no cigar there, Sarah. So I was not close, points. but I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, you are up next. Here is your lateral thinking puzzle. A man pushes his car until he reaches a hotel. Okay. When he arrives, he realizes he is bankrupt. What happened? Oh, did he leave his wallet where the car <laughs> broke down? Incorrect. Oh, oh that's a good guess. Good guess. This was a double whammy. He was playing Monopoly. He was pushing his oh. car until he got to a hotel wow. square. Where I think this is going to be a, a zero-sum game right here for us. This is no bridge. <laughs> this is no bridge. No, my whisting skills are not out of play. All right. No point so far. Uh, let's move right along. Uh, Sarah, back to you. A man who lives in a 30-story building decides to jump out of his window. He survives the fall. With no injuries. How did that happen? He lives on the ground floor. That is correct, oh! Sarah. On the board. Woo. That's funny. There's a, a bunch of versions of this, like with elevators and whatever. Oh. This, yeah, you got it. You got it, Sarah. Well Woo. done. Well done. All right, Danny, back to you. Okay. If you were alone in a dark room with only one match, an oil lamp, a fireplace, and a candle to choose from, which would you light first? Oh, um, the match. The match. Nice. <laughs> I feel like you almost said the oil lamp. <laughs> no, I was going to say the candle first because then I was like, you could light the match with all that. And then I was like, oh, but you have to light the match. You have to light the match. Well Smart. done, Danny. I'm not going to touch oil in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have a tie game. Woo. You're both on the board. Woo, heat it up. <laughs> all right. Moving along. Tara, you are driving a bus. The bus is empty when you begin your route. At the first stop, three people get on. Oh, gosh. At the second stop, nine people get on and two get off. At the third stop, four people get off and two get on. What color are the bus driver's eyes? Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) What? Can you read that again? (laughs) You're driving a bus. The bus is empty when you begin your route. At the first stop, three people get on. At the second stop, 
nine people get on and two get off. At the third stop, four people get off and two get on. What color are the bus driver's eyes? I'm going to say blue because I'm the bus driver. That is correct, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like doing subtraction addition, yeah. like mental was, math. I, oh, I gave up on math. <laughs> Well done. That one you just had to listen. That one was uh, pretty straightforward. Oh, it's like that annoying. Sitting carefully. I remember yes. one time in sixth grade science when like it was like read all the instructions first, and the thirtieth quest thing was just hand up a blank sheet yep. to your teacher. They oh, would really? fucking trick you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, that's really evil. Did you get it right? No. <laughs> no, because then you do the whole quiz whole and you thing. get to the question, and it's like you skipped a question thirty-two. See if you read the instructions, and then you're like. And I'm like, sorry, you're teaching us in a testing environment, not an open mind environment. Yeah. Stop having us freak out about the SATs. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Sarah, you have a one point lead. Shit. Danny, this is your next question. A woman had two sons. Shout out. They were born at the same hour on the same day of the same month in the same year. However, they are not twins. How could this be? She had two kids born in the same hour, same month, same day, same year. Yes. And a woman. And they're not twins. Same year? Yep. Oh, could like she have had a surrogate? No. She birthed both of oh, them. Oh, birthed both of them. But they're not twins? Not twins. Because, like, are they, like, fraternal? Tw- or like, the ones where they don't look alike? <laughs> They're still twins. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> same month, same day, same hour, same year? Yes. Oh, is she a lesbian? And her partner also gave birth? How <laughs> how, how, how modern is, are these trivia questions? <laughs> Incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is that there was a third son born. They're triplets. Uh, oh! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Triplets. Wow. Okay. <laughs> not twins. Not yeah. Twins. Not yeah. twins and not lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you went for like the most like progressive yeah. possible. That's a good shout. Good explanation. Yeah. Good, good effort. I was like because it's uh yeah so 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 okay. All right, Sarah, you have a one point lead, and you could win the game right here. There's oh, two shit. questions left, Uh-oh. so oh, here shit. we go. A man walks into a bar and asks <laughs> the barman for a glass of water. Barman. The barman. Pulls, pulls out a gun and points it at the man. The man says, thank you, and walks out. Oh, I feel like I've heard this before. What's the question? What's the question? Like, yeah. Do you want me to say it again? Well, what am I meant to answer? You know? What do you just think read it, it is? Again. Wait, <laughs> okay, just okay, read okay. it again. Okay, okay, okay. A man walks into a bar and asks the barman for a glass of water. The barman pulls out a gun and points it at the man. The man says, thank you, and walks out. So, oh, what's the question like? like why? Explain why? This. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, what am I supposed to like answer? For <laughs> yes, this? yes. Um, okay, walks into a bar, asks for a glass of water. Pulls I think out my a thing gun, is wrong. It <laughs> says thank you, and walks out. Oh, he had the hiccups. He had the hiccups. That is <laughs> correct, Sarah. I was gonna say it's Coyote Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have won this game Damn. with three Woo. points to one. But, Danny, let's do the last question. Oh, God. <laughs> On a Sunday afternoon, a woman spotted a bear in the distance. Okay. Rather than be afraid, she ran towards it excitedly. Why wasn't she afraid? Because she's married to a man who's big and hairy, and he's a bear. <laughs> um, um, she wasn't afraid. Oh, because, like, was she on a movie? 
<laughs> kind of close. She was at the zoo. Uh, so she just wanted to get see, closer to the big bear. I don't fuck with zoo, so I don't <laughs> fuck with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah, you have won today's Woo! game. Woo! You're a, on a bit, a bit of a streak, Sarah. Woo! Well done. You are. Thank you. Catching up to Danny. Let's go. Making it interesting now. Yes. Yeah, we, just off, we just flip months. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> Really do well. Thank you. That was a really fun game. No problem. Thank. That was a fun episode. True Sherlock Holmes vibes. So definitely give us uh, when you leave your five star review. Of course, let us know what year or what vibe in the review. You don't have to say like, "Oh, I love this podcast." Just say like, um, (laughs) "But you can." You can just say like, "Scans eighteen hundreds or like something like that. That could be fun. Oh yes, love that. Uh, So give us a review, or you could just DM us. Not know the true crime on Instagram. Follow the page. I do daily trivia. It's really fun. Um, or you can follow me at Sarah Lameem. You can follow me at Casual Danny Casual with a K. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with some very special guests and episodes. Yes. No spoilers. Oh, I'm excited. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.